With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today I have Christopher Papadopoulos, our awesome new author who's written the book Peace and Where to Find It. And we have done a series of great talks, actually. I'm, I'm loving these talks, Christopher. I think, um, I think we, we, we really get to the heart of what matters with regards to, you know, how to focus your energy and where to focus your energy. And so I really, I really love doing interviews with you. So welcome to the show again. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here once again with you, Lori. <laughs> so I thought today, and I know that you kind of knew this because I wrote it in my in my newsletter, that we would talk about the masks that we wear. I mean, I think there were two points that I was making. One, that we, you know, we get caught up in these masks. We forget that we have them. And the other was, you know, how we sort of use Halloween and other circumstances like alcohol to sort of give us more courage to be maybe more authentic than we are most of the time. So it's kind of, it was kind of a twofold message with regards to my newsletter. So I just thought, you know, it'd be fun to hear your take on it and where we kind of, you know, stray off and how to get us back on track. Cause I think that's really the most important thing. And, and I don't think it's wise for everybody, you know, to use alcohol is that, uh, <laughs> Is that way to uh, to uh, get back on track? I'm, I'm not I'm not recommending that one. <laughs> it just <laughs> happens to be the one that I think people use a lot, as well as Halloween, to sort of you know play a more authentic version of themselves. So let's start with the first one, Ed. To you know why you know we get caught up in these masks, and we don't even realize that they're masks. I mean, it kind of falls in with this. Yeah, our storyline, but it's a, it's slightly different. So let's talk about that. Yes, it, it, it does. Um, we do get caught up in these masks. And now, to some degree, these are, we can say almost part of it is uh, a defense mechanism. Uh, these are um, coping mechanisms that we developed when we were young, how each person is unique in the way they respond to crisis or trauma, and some get more bold, some retreat. Um, everyone trying these evasion and survival strategies to deal with trauma when we're young. And society only tells us so much in terms of how to deal with uh, upset and trauma. We really truly are uh, fragile beings as humans. Uh, and that's one aspect that, so we build up uh, certain uh, coping mechanisms that also become part of our personality traits. And this is one aspect uh, of the mask that we can say is understandably good, at least to the point that it helps us get through childhood and adolescence to some degree. But the point is, 
And the issue is, is that when we become adults, uh, we're supposed to learn how to let go of these coping mechanisms and transcend them, find other uh, ways of dealing uh, with trauma and suffering uh, and setbacks in our lives without retreating into these roles we play. Because when we retreat into these roles, that in itself, no matter what the role is, positive or negative, the very act of retreating into these roles um, means that this thinking egoic mind, this me and my story character, remains dominant. And as long as it's dominant, uh, we will continue to suffer. Yeah, exactly. And and most of the time we're just, we're not even aware. So yes, the story or the masks that we wore, I mean, I mean, when you think of when you were a child, I mean, the you were much more authentic. You didn't really care about what people thought, but then we learned to, I guess, seek approval. And the approval that we would seek would be, one, either adding to a story, or two, and they're really kind of closely tied anyway, but it would, it would, you know, we would start creating a mask because we, our thought for survival was that we had to seek approval. We had to be validated. We had to... We had to be someone else to survive. Yes, absolutely. And and tied in with approval, of course, is why do we want approval? It it makes us feel more fulfilled or more complete as human beings because, again, as long as we're uh, associated with this voice in the head, uh, it always wants more and it denies us the natural experience of fulfillment, which is ours when we move our awareness beyond the thinking mind. Uh, in addition, uh, approval, we're also looking for approval because if someone approves of us, then they're probably not going to hurt us or, or do something to us that hurts us. And so there's an element of control to have more control over our lives. And especially when we're, when we're younger, we don't have that. We're small little beings in the world and very open hearted and very, very sensitive. And uh, if anything happens to us, uh, there definitely is a, a sense of we have no control over whatever happens around us. And so part of that uh, seeking of approval is also tied into uh, control. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that is the key, right? We're, we're trying to control everything around us. We're trying to control how people judge or don't judge us, whether we can seek approval, whether, you know, validation, safety. I mean, we, we have... I mean, they're valid reasons for wanting this. It's not like we're we're creating these masks because we're wanting to. Like, it's not like we have this conscious thought. It's just that we're trying to learn how to survive. So we build these masks when we're young. And often, well, and for each situation, it's like every situation we create a mask, whether it's work-related, relationship-related, family-related, but we're always trying so desperately to fit in and to be what other people want, which, you know, really disempowers us and it makes us feel like we're not good enough as we are. It makes us feel like we, you know, we can't stand in integrity. I mean, it's a really, it's a really painful process and yet sometimes we're not even aware that we're doing this. Like it's really becomes, the mask becomes 
so ingrained and so part of who we are that we just we 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 get lost. We get lost. We don't even realize we're in a mask and we're just trying so hard to fit in and be safe and not be abandoned and not be hurt and you know all those things that that are uncomfortable that we you know use addictions for which we talked about last our last show i mean we it's like we do all of these things to sort of try and help us but in the end it's just our ego i mean in the end it's this egoic mask that we are playing with yes and so as you are expressing this is something we should not be beating ourselves up over um these masks um are aspirations of what we'd like the world to see and feel about us they are uh defense mechanisms and protections so people don't penetrate too deeply and judge us too harshly um and sometimes judging us harshly is not just you know in the schoolyard or or online it's if someone judges you too harshly it might mean because of that you lose your job there there definitely are real world consequences sometimes uh when we uh, let people in too deeply uh or we don't sense we have a control of how we are perceived in the world so i completely understand uh why this happens and we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves at by the same token uh all we can ever do as long as we are identified with our voice in the head this me and my story character that incessantly uh talks and produces reactions emotional reactions in the body as long as we're identified with this character all it could ever do is keep producing new self images new um uh roles and ways of being perceived in the world that pushes us away from our authenticity and sometimes it takes you know uh, going to um deeper role playing or or halloween masks or alcohol or other escapes to allow other people in to see that maybe we're not quite the way we portray ourselves to the world we really are very protective um and once again as we will discuss uh there is an answer there is a way to reach your authenticity and feel like you no longer have to play these roles which is very tiring and um this is what you know I'd love to keep talking about yeah i mean it's all about our fears right i mean bottom line we get afraid of something i mean it's either love or fear and so when we're stuck in a fear place you know we try to control we try to manipulate we try to do things but ultimately it's fear that gets us there it's we're afraid of something so to not wear the mask to be more authentic we need to have more courage and sometimes we get a fake courage <laughs> you know we it could be on vacation it could be through alcohol and it could be through a mask but it is a fake form of courage yet it can still allow us to remember that innocence that we had as children i mean when we were children i mean we talk a lot about you know the innocence but you know as we come into the holiday season i mean this is the time when we remember you know we have that excitement and you know we build on that and that's you know that's part of our authenticity that's part of the authentic person that we are and we just need to remember we need to reconnect with i don't know the magic the 
the excitement, the, you know, that piece of us, but we, you know, we're just always so afraid, which is why we're in our thinking mind, which is why we're caught up in a mask. And it's, you know, it's just, it's sad and frustrating, but it's necessary because unless we are more aware and unless we can do, you know, some of the tools that you offer, which, you know, is a wonderful and easy method to allow yourself to come back to you. We just, we, you know, we try too hard to get through our everyday life. Like we're always just barely scraping by. And so we're always kind of on the edge. We're always in our thinking mind because we always feel that fear, that underlying unconscious fear that sort of provokes all of us. Yes, absolutely. And this is something um, for our listeners to um, really consider that because sometimes we think that you know, it's our lives that are falling apart and those other people out there, they, you know, they're driving the nicest cars and wearing the nicest clothes and they really look like they have their lives together. Well, this role-playing, this hiding behind masks, this maybe uh, um, trying to uh, once in a while reveal a more authentic self and feeling phony at 3 o'clock in the morning when they stare in the mirror despite all of the success that these other people we feel they have, all of the success, they're just like everyone else. We're all in the same boat. We all have this issue because we're all identified with this voice in the head. And the fact that we uh, want to sometimes reveal more of ourselves, no matter how impeccable the image we have portrayed uh, to the world, the roles that we play, no matter how impeccable they are, uh, we all want to now and then uh, reveal something more because deep inside we do sense at some level that we're a little bit phony. And we, we feel fake, or at least the voice in the head convinces us that we're, that we're, we're so. And because there is a little truth to that, because we are not being our authentic selves when we are identified with this image maker and role playing maker in the head, we call the ego. As long as we're overly identified with that, um, we are not, our, not fully our authentic selves. And so every now and then we, we feel, geez, I feel like a real phony. Everyone's applauding me and thinks I'm so great, but I feel like such a fake. <laughs> and people then, you know, they, they spiral into drugs or drugs or alcohol use or something out of depression because they feel this, this sense of being inauthentic. Yeah. Now, I would just add, and I, I, maybe you could, uh, uh, to reassure people and also to make people aware why this happens. If our lives are, are going so well and I've, I've, you know, I've got a strong you know, mind and mental mastery and I'm confident with the role I play in the world and, and how the world perceives me, uh, it's exactly the way I want it. Well, it's it actually the more rigid it is, the harder the fall eventually. And why? It's because... Everything around us, it doesn't matter if it's tables, chairs, the empty space around us, the other people, nature, everything is made of consciousness, we can say. And this consciousness, this um, vibrant awareness that, that is you know, the essence of all things, it's as if it's transmitting a message. Life itself surrounding you and filling up your body, it's constantly at the deepest level transmitting the message of it's time to wake up now and experience your authentic self 
it's time to really be, simply be who you are. And so no matter how many defense mechanisms we put up and how many roles we play or how good we are at it, life is constantly sending us a signal of authenticity that now and then penetrates you know, our defenses and roles and we begin to sense that, feel that signature of authenticity within us and around us and we, and we begin to wonder why, why, I'm not, why don't I feel this all the time? There's something wrong if there's this role I'm playing I project to the world and this role I, I, I project to myself and this other feeling inside that says no, there's something more authentic. So we're always uh, coming up against that and that's not a problem, that's actually a good thing. It's that, that, that's life's way of always trying to reach you, even in your darkest days, trying to reach you to let you know that there is a way through, there is, your, your authentic self is just, you know, a breath away, even closer than a breath away, and no matter how many layers of roles we play, and no matter how many problems we have, we are this close to that peace and relief and liberation from the burdens of our roles. Right. And you know, I mean... The thing with the ego is there's always going to be someone better. There's always like this play, like this piece that we play when we just listen to that voice in our head. I mean, we're never going to be enough. So even the people that have everything you think that you think they have everything that you ever wanted I mean, they all—they all have that same voice in their head that is telling them the exact same things. We always think, you know, that the grass is greener. We always think that other people are more confident and have more self-confidence and more self-love, and you know, they have the perfect life because they have the perfect relationship. And it's—it's it's like we judge or we add value to what we think we don't have, and. It's never that case. Like it really, truly isn't ever that case that there are people that may have lots of money and not have health or they may have, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how everybody thinks that they're being judged when the only thing that's ever happening out in the world is that everybody else is caught up in their own head thinking that everybody else is judging them. So no matter where you are or what situation, I mean, there's once you can get past the ego, once you can get to that place of peace that Christopher, you know, is so adept at explaining in his book, once you can get to that place of pure consciousness, you'll, you can step past that that constant nagging and that constant threat that everybody else's life is perfect. I mean, if you, <laughs> anybody who's in a role of the counselor or, you know, spiritual guide or, you know, all the things that we like to do on this planet, I mean, anybody who is in that position, I mean, you see and hear all of these things that, and everybody's worried about everybody else. <laughs> And, and the only person that they can do anything about is ourselves. We are the only thing, you know, whenever we, you know, whenever we even try to make somebody else happy, we're just giving away all of our power. It's like, it's so amazing that we just don't see how, how we are dispersing ourselves by always trying to do things or change other people or fix other people like 
the only place we can focus our attention. And that's what I love about your book is that it's us. Like we have to get into ourselves and into our own connection. And that's the only way. I mean, I had a great interview yesterday with a woman who wrote a book called Seven Cups of Consciousness. And she, she, she talked about the body deva and it wasn't really, I mean, you talk about getting into our body and that that's, that's the only way we can do it. And she, she also talks about it in a different way, but in the same kind of concept, like it's all about the body. We have to really start becoming so much more aware so that we can get into our bodies instead of our heads. Like we're, it's just, it's just this enigma that we've created that we somehow feel that our minds are so incredible and they are but they can't be in the driver's seat and we keep thinking that that's the only place that they're supposed to be because it seems to be the most I don't know the most powerful connection we have is our thoughts and this is the crux of the problem um and I'll, and as I I've said in the past, and I'll say again, thoughts and emotions are these incredible tools perfectly designed for us to interact and be in this uh, physical world. And so we're not trying to switch them off forever. The problem is they're almost switched on all the time. And so, of course, we, we, we've come to make an identity out of them because they're almost always switched on. And we have no awareness that there can be existence and awareness without our thoughts and emotions constantly uh, pushing us this way or that. Um, And that is the key of the body. The body um, is always here in the present moment and our sensations can only be felt now. And so when we pull, gently pull our attention away from our thoughts and onto the body, this begins to quiet the mind. And when the mind gets quiet and our, our thoughts quiet down, they have, there's a less of an urgency, less of a pull to uh, fully get caught up in what our thoughts are telling us. And of course, then it also quiets the emotional reactions in the body. And when we can do this, we begin to feel a great peace and stillness and relief. Um, we see with greater clarity that we are not our roles, that we really you know, can put them down and it's safe to do so that life goes on without these roles we play and the image we project to the world. And not only does it go on, it feels absolutely wonderful. Um, and we also begin to see that everyone else is doing the same thing. So we're no longer maybe, you know, with, with sort of a, uh, a resentment, you know, judging others for why, why is their life, you know, so much better than mine. Mm-hmm. And they have the same problems we do. Um, and they're suffering in their own little exquisite torture chambers uh, by being, you know, the, the, these inner critics that, uh, you know, deflate and weaken and, and, and take the power away from anyone and everyone. So everyone's going through the same thing. And when we can inhabit the body, and it's the only thing that we have control over. So much of the world, well, we don't have power over this legislation. We have no power to change what's going on in that country or what's going on to, you know, um, to women here or to people of color there or to the environment here. We just feel so powerless often. And yet the key to all of this is 
all of us lifting off these masks because when we wear these these roles that we play, they're not just roles we play with coworkers and friends. We this egoic voice in the head is the ultimate role, and it actually is the reason why we see uh, perceive each other as separate as threats, and that we always want more and more. We never feel fulfilled as long as this egoic filter is in place, and this is the source of conflict on our planet, not just interpersonal conflict. Uh, between friends and family and coworkers, or the, you know the divide we feel within. This really is the key to all of it. Yeah, it's it's it seems so simple in one way, but we know <laughs> that even you know, no matter how conscious you are, you can still get caught up in you know in the fear, and and that's ultimately that's really bottom line, that's all it is. And everybody has fear. If they didn't, we probably wouldn't be, you know, on this planet, because this planet is very dense and physical and third dimensional. And as long as that exists, you know, there's, there's this dichotomy of love and fear, like it will always be the opposite of where we're wanting to go. And, and like it or not, it's only through our discomfort and through our the opposite that allows us to grow and allows us to want to change. I mean, if we had the idyllic life, if we had, you know, everything we wanted, we would never strive to change. And whether that will change, you know, as we evolve more, I think it will. Um, but we, you know, it's it's the only thing that pushes us to want to be more. Yes, as, as um, Eckhart Tolle uh, reminds us uh, in the introduction to my book that life is not designed to make you happy. It is designed to be a challenge because it is through these challenges that we grow. Um, of course, that is disconcerting to some that think, really, I can never be happy? No, that's not the case. But it, we won't be um, relying on the conditions of our, of our physical life um, to make us happy. We can feel, even in the midst of pain or sorrow, a deep peace in the background. Um, and more than that, we can feel subtle joy. We can feel love. Um, we can feel a great soothing connectedness and sacredness uh, um, around us and within us. So we may not be what is typically called happy when things are going bad, but we can still have the relief of being not fully or completely caught up in the drama and the traumas of life that do happen and the challenges of life. Life is designed to challenge us because it does help us grow. It does help us try to bring a greater level of awareness, a greater level of consciousness into all kinds of situations, not just... Uh, you know, on the top of a mountain in our perfect little monastery. Uh, those are lovely places to build up our presence, power, and self-awareness. But we are meant to bring it down into the into the into the dirt and the mud of the and the pain of the uh, world around us. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people would, you know, they strive and think that where you want to go is this, you know, this this mountain or whatever, but. It, I mean that it's such a poignant point because it's it's so important to realize that we're really here to live and to find 
our our footing and to you know to evolve towards love and the only way we can do that is is through being more authentic and recognizing and I mean I think this might be a good time to do a, a meditation to sort of help people um, connect in with that authentic part of themselves so that they can you know just breathe <laughs> I think the you know we we often get so caught up in this thinking mind that we forget to breathe and forget to move into our body and forget to be who we really want to be so what do you think good time lovely (laughs) it's absolutely right all the things we're pointing to with our words and so of course the people listening are using their you know word um word comprehension software, the thinker, to understand. Um, but the deepest lip listening happens with the entire body and the heart, of course, and not just the head. But it's hard to do because we do rely on the head for so much of the day. Yeah. And so we can take note of the fact that during this entire time we've been speaking and everyone listening that their torsos have been expanding and contracting with every breath. And turn our attention to the body and the feeling of expansion and contraction with every breath. And with practice, we'll be able to feel our bodies while we listen or engage with the world so we'll always feel at least partly rooted in being partly grounded in the present moment so we don't get fully get caught up in the dramatic film of our lives wherever we are we allow whatever it is we are resting upon to take more of our weight sink into the chair or the floor or the mattress or whatever it is you're resting upon or you can lean upon. We try to get our bodies to be more deeply relaxed as an act of physical acceptance of the present moment, physical surrender to the present moment. realize at this moment that we've spent most of our lives ignoring the simple act of breathing that is always going on since the day you were born your body has been expanding and contracting every second during all of the so-called important moments of our lives when in fact turning our attention to the body is perhaps the most important thing you will ever do in your life. Let me see if we can go deeper. Can you notice the temperature of your inhales and the difference between the temperature of your exhales?
feel the cool air in your nostrils, throat, and upper lungs as you inhale. And feel the slightly warmer air in your upper chest, throat, and nostrils as you exhale. Feel the expansion of the torso as we feel the coolness of the air entering our body. Feel the contraction of our torso and feel the warmer air as we exhale. You may notice just tuning into your breath will eventually slow down the breath all by itself. And the breaths will become deeper all by itself. Check the body for unnecessary tension. If you have some unnecessary tightness in your jaw, you can loosen your jaw and move it around if necessary. We carry so much tension in our jaws during the day. We bring our shoulders down a little more. As we relax the jaw and the shoulders and take a deep breath, we begin to loosen the tension in the solar plexus diaphragm area where the ribs meet the abdomen. We hold a lot of tension there as well. as we relax the jaw and bring the shoulders down and allow our deep breaths to expand the solar plexus area and loosen it up, we allow ourselves to sink even more deeply into the place we are resting upon or leaning upon. with only the bare minimum, minimum of muscles engaged in order to be in the position we are resting. And as you feel better and better from resting your attention on the expansion and contraction of the torso, and realize that's you. And feel the coolness on our inhales and warmth on the exhales. 
for some we might notice a little discomfort that the body is trying to release now in the torso area for others it will feel like a great thank you of appreciation from the body for finally giving it what it really wants not all the things you feed it and stimulate it with but just your loving deep attention You can bask in that sense of well-being. Feel the gratitude of a body that just wants your attention. And notice that the mind is much more quiet than what it typically is during your day. We almost feel like sighing or yawning as our breath expands from the gratitude and appreciation from a body that finally feels attended to, heard, understood, cared for, loved. For those that may feel a slight discomfort, there's no reason to feel afraid. It's just your body finally feeling happy and safe enough to release some of this pain and trauma that you've been repressing and your body did not feel it was safe enough to release. But it does need releasing eventually. It's just energy under pressure trapped there. And if you stay with it, and don't allow that feeling in the body to rise up into your head and turn it into a story. Oh, this is why it's happening all over again. Stay with the sensations in the body with every breath. As you sink more deeply into the place you are resting upon. You observe the emotion under pressure in the body. It's not returning to traumatize you. It's returning to finally be released, to be observed, accepted, loved and released and transmuted from trapped energy to the free energy of pure awareness. Even this discomfort being gently released is your body's way of saying thank you for finally letting me be safe enough and feel safe enough to show you this trauma you've hidden inside. We can turn our attention to our hands and our feet check to see if they're clenched or relaxed. The feeling of aliveness in your feet and your hands, simply by turning your attention to them, grows. Maybe you have to move your hands and feet a little bit 
to make a more physical connection. But notice the difference between what your hands and feet are touching and your actual felt aliveness of your hands and feet. Simply the feeling that your hands and feet are indeed alive. And how reassuring it is to know that that feeling of aliveness in your hands and feet is as much you as any other part of your body. So there's no reason to fear any discomfort in the torso area where we usually carry a lot of our traumas and fear and pain and hurt. Because with every breath, we can feel more deeply alive in all parts of our body. We are not our traumas and dramas. We are this vibrant aliveness, this vibrant alive peace in which all of these temporary emotional and mental events are occurring. During all of this, your torso was still expanding and contracting. And when we attend to it, it anchors us more deeply in the present moment. And we get closer and closer to our authentic self. And our authentic self can only be experienced in the reality of the present moment. Your authentic self can never be thought. It can only be felt. But not as a typical emotion either. It is an uncaused, subtle joy and deep, vibrant peace that transcends all things in this physical universe. So the safety you feel in your body, the more comfortable and relaxed you are by giving your body loving attention without judging it, without reacting to it, simply letting it be as it is and feeling what's there without labels. We quiet the voice maker, the role maker, the mask maker, and we begin to feel a great relief that we no longer have to live our lives projecting these images and roles to the world, no longer have to wear these masks for others or lie to ourselves or pretend to ourselves. There is a peaceful, fulfilled, authentic, innocent, wonderful you, liberated you behind all of those masks behind all of the roles we feel we need to play. And it is your birthright to experience this authentic you. And all you have to do is return your attention to the body and go deeper. We go through the body to go beyond the body and experience our timeless, formless, pure nature.
And this is the essence of love and freedom. This is the essence of peace. Feel the cool inhale and the slightly warmer exhale. This is your place of power. This is your monastery, your mountain seat. And the more comfortable you are here, the easier it will be to navigate your daily life with part of your awareness always in your private little monastery of peace and awareness and love. So you'll never be fully caught up in the dramas of life. Part of your awareness will be rooted in the being of this moment, rooted in the being of peace that can only be experienced this moment. When we live in the now, we no longer need our roles and masks. Just taking another moment or two. Let's go deep. Just feel yourself melting and dissolving into the place you are resting upon, completely surrendered. A true yes to the way things simply are right now. We feel the yes in the body as we say yes to the body, just as it is. Because it's true. It is the way it is right now, and that's true. So we say yes to that fact. We say yes to our surroundings. That it's true. This is the way our surroundings currently are. And we accept it by saying yes and not resisting it with opinions or reactions or judgments. When we say yes to our surroundings and our body, we are saying yes to the present moment. We are finally surrendering all of our roles. Can you feel a deep aliveness in your body? Beneath surface sensations and emotions, quiet mind, we can simply feel that we are alive. In here we feel safe and eternal because we are safe and eternal. And in here we feel a deep connectedness to all things. Everyone and everything else has this same pure essence. And at this vibrant level of peace, we are all one. And when we feel this, when we feel our oneness, this is the essence of true love.
So as we slowly take you back to a more traditional awareness of this moment, notice how the mind wants to go into autopilot as we wiggle our fingers and toes and bring ourselves back to our surroundings. Hopefully you don't have too far to come back if you've been quite present. But even this is a success. If you notice that you have been in a wonderful, floaty, safe space, as nice as that is, if you really had to come back to this moment, that in itself was also a little bit of abstract mind activity. And by noticing that, this is good. We begin to notice the difference between when we really are engaged with our minds and when we're not. Let's see if you can keep some of this awareness of the movement and temperature of the breath. See if you can keep some of your awareness of this felt aliveness in the body as you continue with the rest of your day. Allow this feeling to be a safe space for you from which to operate and not get totally sucked in to the dramas and traumas of the day. For those of you that joined us on this little deep body awareness journey, thank you very much. And your body thanks you as well for finally getting the attention it's been craving for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. That was, that was lovely. It, it's like we need to have that time for ourselves and you know it's it's not as difficult as a lot of people make it out to be I mean you just you just have to take the time and allow yourself that opportunity to feel this essence that is you I mean it's it's just such a beautiful and graceful opportunity and yet it's it's you know we can be this all the time. We just have to be more conscious. Absolutely. And and this is the thing, the example of the meditation, if we're to sort of step into our heads now and reflect on it, and you were to describe it to someone, it would sound so ridiculously easy and simple. Um, it, it is simple, but not easy. And, and that's the trick with, with all of these things. Uh, it, it's in the doing that we begin to explore ourselves. For each listener out there, I can't feel your body for you. Um, this is something you have to do for yourself. But it isn't simple exercises like this that when you take the time, the benefits are unimaginable, literally unimaginable. Uh, at the very least, by doing these exercises, you will dramatically reduce stress in your life you will have a greater understanding uh, for why, you know, things are happening to you and why people behave the way they do. This, this, this type of experience comes with a lot of wisdom that develops as well, as well and a greater insight into the why the world is the way it is, the why your life is the way it is, the why people around you are the way they are. Because there's, uh, this is not just feelings of peace that we're experiencing. These feelings of peace come with... Uh, vast amounts of information, of wisdom. Uh, that is the nature of things. It's the source of all wisdom in the first place. It's the, uh, the source of wisdom and intelligence is not our thoughts. 
our thoughts are informed by something far beyond our mind and we access this intelligence every time we do this exercise. So the benefits even on that basis are enormous, but even more enormous when we get into healing our traumas and awaking from our masks and the roles we play. Uh, that is just something that each one of us is meant to experience for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the more often you do it, the more your body has an opportunity to express itself because we tend to, we tend to ignore our body. You know, we will, and I don't want to get too much into last month's conversation, but definitely listen to it around addictions. I mean, we, you know, we kind of get, as soon as we start feeling uncomfortable and that's our body kind of giving us a signal or our emotions um, feeling blocked, like that's, you know, that's our body sort of letting us know that something is stuck there and we kind of, we bypass it all the time. <laughs> you know, we, we don't listen. We, you know, we'll do something to distract ourselves. Yes, we what the body wants in those moments of discomfort is not, you know, to have, you know, to stuff our faces or, you know, stuff our bloodstreams or whatever, or, or our, you know, or even our skin with just sensations and distractions and drugs and whatever, uh, or experiences to distract us. The body is crying out for more high quality attention like you just gave it during this meditation. This is the, exactly the kind of thing that if we had learned this as kids, how to deal with traumatic experiences would have helped greatly. But instead, we are soothed with a lollipop or a, or be a big boy and don't cry or, or all these other things that well-meaning um, that don't go far enough. Or we get our soothing from, uh, if we're lucky, from attentive parents who soothe us now and then uh, from our traumas. But there's a point comes when we, we can't rely on them to soothe us, and so we try to soothe ourselves, and we grow up looking out into the only place that this egoic mind understands, this material world, for solutions, for things to cover up the pain. It's doing the best it's, it, it can, but it will never work, it, 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 because the answer to soothing these things and feeling whole again and healed again from... Uh, uh, the traumas and suffering and fears of our lives is going within into this sacred space within uh, and this is what is going to um, uh, heal uh, these feelings of inadequacy, these feelings of hurt and pain, feeling fragmented so we don't reach out for things around us that become addictive yeah yeah it's it's you know, in some senses, as you say, it's simple, but not always easy, but you just have to keep at it. It's like it's a process of, you know, the desire to experience peace more than this fear and struggle and pain that we sort of become far too identified with. And there are some teachers, Lori, that, you know, it's kind of shocking to hear, but they'll say, you know, well, you can keep coming to me. Uh, some spiritual teachers will say this. Uh, you can keep coming to me, but honestly, you're not going to do anything until you are sick and tired of suffering. And some people don't want to hear that. They think, no, no, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost there. And, like, and they're trying to be honest, and it might be a bit of a tough love. And 
is some truth to that. I won't say put places in absolutes because uh, the fact that people are listening now while they're still going through suffering and they're not sure if they're able to let go means that there is a commitment to change. But there is some truth to what you just said and to what some of these teachers say, which is, you know, are you really finally sick and tired of your suffering? Because we've made identities out of it and say, who would I be without my victim story? Who would I be without this suffering? I already feel so empty and fragmented. You're going to take that away from me? Then I'll have nothing. I'll be annihilated. And the reverse is true. If you can have the courage um, to keep going, you will actually find you. And it will be the, a huge celebration. You will feel wonderful. But it's a scary journey. And sometimes you have to be so uh, get your courage from being angry almost, from being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of suffering. That's it. No more. I'm going to follow this path. I'm going to take control of my life so finally. Uh, by simply feeling my body and going in deep enough to go beyond the body and experience your vibrant, peaceful, eternal nature. Uh, and it changes everything. Well, thank you once again, Christopher. As I say, I always love having you. We will be back next month. I have a feeling next month will be all about the holiday spirit. <laughs> Sounds good, Lori. <laughs> now, you can find out more about Christopher if you go to URPeace.org. And, uh, yeah, check out our shows. We've done a series of them now. I love them, and uh, I think that uh, they are definitely worth it. And, you know, your your meditations are awesome, so I uh, I really appreciate them. So thank you once again, Christopher. This is News for the Heart, and we've been getting to the heart of what matters. And we'll be back next week. Thanks, Christopher. My pleasure. Bye. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.